Courage can come in a worse time. <laughs> that works. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, thank you, man. Uh, it's good to have you in the studio. Yeah, it's good to be here finally. I know, eh? Like, uh, it's been a while. It's been yep. a long, like, been a long, hard road. Yep. That's construction. It is. It's totally construction. Yeah. Uh, let me do my quick shout out. I got artistic here. Skylights, the boys over there, the boys and girls at artistic skylights. Uh, thank you very much for the tea. Unleash your voice on the construction life podcast community. Are you passionate about the world of construction trades and all things building related? The construction life podcast wants to hear from you. Leave us a review, share your thoughts, insights, and experiences on your favorite podcast channel. Your review fuels our mission to create engaging and informative content for the construction community. Your feedback is a mortar that holds our podcast together. So share your thoughts, rate us, and let the construction community know why the construction life is your go-to podcast. Visit our website and check out the over 400 tradespeople and construction professionals listed on our site. Check out www.theconstructionlife.com for additional content, behind the scenes exclusives, and valuable resources. Dive deeper into the construction world with articles, guest profiles, and more. Follow us on social at TCL underscore The Construction Life. Subscribe to our video channels on YouTube and Rumble. Check out our link tree and find exclusive discounts for listeners. The link is in the IG bio. Join the conversation on Facebook, The Construction Life Community. Hey everyone, exciting news for all you homeowners. The Construction Life and Homestar Roofing have an offer that's just too good to pass up. Listen up. Until the end of December, they're rolling out free roof inspections for everyone in the GTA, the Greater Toronto Area. That's right, absolutely free for the first 10 people that reach out. A sturdy, well-maintained roof is key to a safe and cozy home. Regular checks can prevent big issues and unexpected costs down the road. So if you've been thinking about your roof's condition, now's the time to take action. Reach out to Homestar Roofing today at 647-380-0625 or visit homestarroofing.ca. Make sure to mention that Manny from The Construction Life sent you for your free inspection. Take this step to protect your home. And then I've got Tony Gatti here. Gatti. Mm-hmm. Tony Gatti. Gatti. Gatti brothers are here. Uh, missing one. He's got to stay on the job site. Absolutely. Somebody's got to make Somebody's got to make the, the money, right? So www.gattibrothers.com and Tony at gattibrothers.com. And on social media, uh, you'll find them at gatti.brothers. Underscore. Under, sorry. Gatti underscore brothers. And it's the full word, brothers, not bros. Yes. Um, how long have you been in the business, you and your brother? Started from your dad. Uh, together, yeah. So together in 2008. Um, my brother was on his own in 2005. Um, my dad was a contractor. He was a stonemason from back home, worked in Venezuela, worked in Italy, came here, uh, didn't work in construction, surprisingly enough. What did he work here in? He worked actually for light metal. He used to make uh, the aluminum ladder. So pretty much every single aluminum ladder out there, he's probably had Was he a union? Hand on. No. No? Yeah? No, they're at, they used to be at uh, Stanfield and Cothra in Mississauga. They okay. Were, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Now they do vehicle upgrades for commercial vehicles or whatever that company does there. So he was there and then he started, you know, a number of businesses and then he started uh, back into construction. Um, Joe had an architecture background. Um, so he was working with my dad, my dad, my brother's more handy than I am. Um, and then I used to work with him in the summers and things like that and learned how to tile and frame. And what's it like working else. with a sibling? Cause I've done that before where I've got a younger sibling it's, that doesn't know shit. Yep. And then I've got an older sibling that thinks he knows shit. Right. And then I'm in the middle. Um, but it's good. Yeah. So, and I, and not just cause he's my brother, he, there's nothing really that 
Joe can't do. It takes us longer, obviously, because it's like anything else, right? You guys who do, you watch, and that's the one thing I like about the business is you watch the trades do their work, and it's like, you know, a beautiful song, right? Yeah, you see them. yeah, yeah. When I when I do drywall and I mud, I've got more mud on me. I can I can do it, but and he's the same. Um, but we're two different people. I'm so I'm I'm an urban planner by profession. Worked in the corporate world for years. Got sick of it and left. Um, so I do all the, most of the admin and client relations and all the costing and pricing and all that stuff. What city did you work in in urban planning? Uh, so Mississauga. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 no. yeah, yeah. I worked for Mississauga. I worked for Mississauga for three and a half years. I worked for Brampton for just shy of a year. And then I worked for two developers. I worked for Orlando. What do you, what do you think of uh, the LRT coming right down Highway 10 in Mississauga from Brampton? Uh, that's, a, um, that's a nice urban plan. That note that is, that's a legacy project that someone dreamt up years ago, f- and it's just like the studies that they sarcasm do. Sarcasm? Oh yeah, it's a it's a it's, it's a, a it's a shit it's show. A I can tell you stories. I I I won't do it on. No, no, I don't want to get into oh, trouble shit. or anything. There's but it's just it doesn't. This, this is where yeah. I have a problem with um, improper urban planning. It's not really urban planning. That's not so. That's and when I was there. So it's, it's urban planning now is starting to change and you're getting more planners and urban designers doing the planning work. Okay. Historically, North America has always been designed by engineers. Well, you can see it. Cars. Can we not pay attention to successful cities like New York and Chicago that makes traffic move? Pedestrians, cycles, public, yeah. well, move. Go to Europe. I, I mean, you, you, Europe? Always, you always hear infrastructure. Oh, there's too much infrastructure. You've got cities like Rome and, and London. Where Ten you've times got, the population. You've got c- cities on top of cities on top of cities, and they're still able to to put that in, to put build on the infrastructure. And we just complain. We spend millions of dollars on studies to tell us that we can't do it or can't do it, and then, we never, then it gets shelved, right? I mean, there's the latest lame brain idea that the city of Toronto is going to be a developer and they're going to build all these affordable houses for $64 billion or whatever the stupid number is. They can't even run a lemonade stand and they're going to become a developer and a builder. They haven't. How long has the LRT Eglinton Crosstown has been going on now? Oh, my God. It's so long I can't remember. It's embarrassing. Well, it was the funny joke all over when they finally found Tupac's killer, right? That it was, took less time to <laughs> and, find and him. Jimmy Hoff, I think they found Jimmy Hoffman. Jimmy Hoffman you know, as well, right? <laughs> but it's, it's such a shame. And then we're in the thick of things. Yep. And, I, and I don't like it because I've spoken to tradespeople that have... I, I enjoy speaking to crusty older tradespeople yeah, yeah. because they give me a reflection of what happened in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And it's, it's clear as day. You had more work in the same amount of time back then than you do today because you can't get around this city yeah toronto is just 100%. poorly planned 100 which affects construction and construction doesn't move forward and that's what you need to move forward mm-hmm. in a city our, our our economy is based on and we see it, it's based on construction it's based on housing and that's slowing down and everything else is slowing down it was entertaining to have you know luca bacci on the show here which is no longer with the ohba and him talking about the 1.5 million homes and having that fiasco unfold and it's just ridiculous how there's no accountability. but well, that I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that is the elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about because you run the risk of being, you know, anti-immigration, racist, or whatever the oh, case may be. So garbage. one point, you don't have to be a mathematician. 1.5 million homes in 10 years, but we're allowing half, that we know of, half a million people in the country every year. So in 10 years, that's 5 million people. Do the math. I mean, I, I, there's not enough. And, and who's going to build them? Who's going to build them and who can afford them? That's right. I think, and who's going to build them is the big one too, because 
what are you doing to attract more people to build outside of the immigration coming <laughs> in here to yeah. get into construction? Yeah. And I've said this on the show yeah. where the immigrants of the 70s and 80s, 60s, 70s and 80s are not the same immigrant here that's coming to Canada. The majority of them are coming here on a false pretense about school and then being told that this is what I read, yeah. that you'll automatically get your citizenship once you finish your schooling. Yeah. But they're bringing in for schooling because you know what the tuition is for an international student versus a student in Canada? That's huge. It's huge. I don't know what they, three or four times more. So yeah. there's money being there. That's oh, 100%. So it's money. But you're getting people who are not climbing into construction. Not like they used to back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. Yeah. And, uh, you know. My dad came in. I'm sure your dad yeah, came yeah, in. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He went, my dad, when he was 18, um, left Italy, went to Venezuela for seven years. The revolution broke out. They were, you know, finding. Speaks Italian and Spanish? He speaks a little bit of Spanish, speaks Italian. They were finding, you know, they were, they were killing workers there because they weren't from venezuela it was the revolution they were getting so they put wow. him on a ship sent him back to italy he wow. went to northern italy he was from the south went to northern italy worked lived in italy worked in switzerland um as a stonemason and then in 65 66 applied to come to canada and uh came to canada on the hopes that he was going to be sponsored by you know one of the bricklaying companies and they I didn't did, they didn't I hire didn't him because there was there was some like even italian between italian and italian like there's still resistance. Yeah, north, south, whatever. Yeah. But he he did okay. Um, but I, I think what's happening is it's it's a it's a it's a few things. And one of the things, and again, an elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about, and I'm I'm more than happy to talk about it, is we have to look at where we're bringing people in from, and not because you know I might, we're we're products of immigration, and that's yep. fine. Culturally, there there some cultures, and I've done you know. Um, career days at school and you see the kids who come up and it's always a little Italian or Portuguese kid who comes up and he's going to be a carpenter. Yeah. No one else is doctor, lawyer. So culturally there are cultures who historically want their kids to go to school, higher education, doctor, lawyer, like the parents and the grandparents and so on. You, you're not going to convince those people. They won't. Of, you know, why don't you send your kid and become a, uh, you know, a concrete, uh, finisher or whatever they're not going to do it it, it blows my mind the it. government spends their efforts going after a segment of the population that's not interested in this industry instead of focusing on the population like population that yeah. actually is interested yeah. in it and yeah. possibly has friends or cousins or family that want to come over here and set them up it wasn't yeah. the, only, the only crappy one of the few things that harper made a mistake on was sending all the irish people back yeah. the irish men back because he first brought them in for the work program, but then all of a sudden he started sending them back. Yep. And I was like, that was a huge mistake because early in my construction career, I've met so many skilled, talented, hardworking Irish people like coming into construction. I was like, you guys are just dominating the hard trades, the hard trades. Yep. And now you've got yep. guys that are hiding out because they're being sent back. And I'm like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. This guy wants to work. He wants to be yeah. here and he wants to dig ditches. He wants to do masonry. He wants to do tuck pointing. He wants to, he wants to do that. There isn't a list of people that want to do that. Nope. But now that's why the government's not paying attention. But tradespeople are not politicians. Politicians are not tradespeople. It's right. as simple as that. It's yeah. oil yep. and water, man. And, and it's, still, it's still for all the efforts that you know, we're all doing to make our industry better. And, and it, it's still a very... I looked upon as a very low yeah. class, unsophisticated, and that's and it's that's two part. One because historically it is, and two because those are the only people who are willing to do these jobs. Migrants, people who come in temporarily, come in, they don't know the language, whatever it is, they're doing the work and they're leaving. That's 
we have no no choice. We have to bring people in. I mean, there's um, Fernando from Manpower. Manpower. That, that guy's fantastic. He yeah. brings people in, sponsors them, takes care of them, and they work. They work. They work. They work. They work their asses off. It's right? like the if the government was paying attention to the way he was paying attention. That's the way they should be running. He's seeing where there's value there. That's right. And this person's interested That's in it. That's right. And then there's also opportunity. Like you get other companies like Demo for Your Rental where Patrick's talking about they, they find somebody and they, they see what their strengths are. And they put them, they yep. gear them towards that. Yep. That's what the government should be doing. Yep. Yep. Which is just, that's not what's going on. Yeah. You know, but more. then you hear about all these monies coming in and the latest is like these grants that are being allocated towards people that are not white, specifically being said on that. Yeah. And I'm like, so you can get an electrical per or a grant, but if you're a white person, you can't get it. Yeah. I'm like, what's yeah. going on here, man? Yeah. And you don't even have to prove. <laughs> so it's just like it's you're not helping the situation no. you're making the situation worse it's a lot of lip service it's a lot of uh yeah. just you know virtual signaling yeah. you know these are all the buzzwords that we're hearing we've heard in the last couple of years and it's all what kind of makes people feel good and look the government's trying and they're doing their thing they're reintroducing shop class they're making it sound like it's this big well you should have never gotten rid of it it's not the solution. Oh, no, it's not the solution, but they're making it sound like it's the solution. So are they listening to this podcast or anybody's construction podcast? Oh, forget. They don't listen I don't to think. I think the majority of construction podcasts are saying that returning shop class to a high school environment is not the solution. Nope. But yet the government is saying, it's, like, it's almost as if they're an alien stuck in space and they got a play like from a cassette tape that says, get kids back into high school. And they got that 30 years too late. Yeah, yeah they don't listen to us. So they're not listening. No, they man. don't listen to us. Not I've always all. said is like get the kids on our job sites and just put them right next to us and then they'll actually have one on one like you want the Mr. Miyagi's you want the one on men you want the mentoring going on yep. and Jim's invited that as well he's like I, I know all the older cats that are they're like they're more than willing to do that but you know the government's got to help us out with that as well too we can't be doing everything but we, no, we are doing we are. everything we're doing everything I also had like you think of ideas and what we can do when we're out there and, and on on the you know the idea of it's somewhat still a unsophisticated industry and and then I'm, I'm not a trade i didn't take a trade i didn't learn a trade i've got post-secondary education and kind of flipped over from there but you know is there value in and i know there's some sit down education for trades but it's not it's you're sitting down and you're learning electrical when you're sitting but is there value to maybe forcing kids in the trade to do both have some sort of post-secondary like maybe taking business administration courses so they can run successfully run a business and be able to talk to their client because yeah. some guys are good trades and don't know how to talk to people and some people can talk to people and yeah. not be a trade right and i think i'm i'm that person i, I can't i'm not going to qualify as a do trade, you and your brother have a good yin yang kind of and that's that's 100%, how you that's, okay, how, we that's how it works that's right? how we, if we were both the same it wouldn't work clients clients appreciate that when Absolutely. they 100% they totally see it right 100% let me talk business with this brother i'll talk the skills with this brother and yep. then we'll get yep. everything's answered everything everything's answered which and, is great and i think there's some value to that so if you want to be a plumber you want to be an electrician whatever it's not just hard knocks learning how to run you know put pipe in and all that stuff that's great you need to do that but let's educate these kids and take english class and take you know know how to write a contract how to read plans properly you know how many guys can't read plans i've got i've got guys that you send them plans and they won't read them and then you find out when you when you kind of and these are guys that were born here. You, you start poking and prodding, and you find out they don't know how, how to read a set of plans. How about tape measures? It's like you're I was shocked to hear that a lot of kids don't know how to read an imperial tape measure. 
yeah. they don't understand the sixteenths and thirty seconds and eighths. They don't get it. I was shocked to hear that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, let alone a, a Mason's tape measure is a different world, yeah. right? But that's yeah. that's if you're going down that craft, then you'll you're learn, learn specifically, hundred percent. But a regular tape measure, when you just grab it, if you don't know those increments, I just I'm like, like you, two lines past this line, like that's not yeah. a description to me, right? <laughs> But I, I was shocked. And so where's the disconnect? You're 100% right. I think if you want to get into the trades, do yourself a favor and, and try to find a, a smaller company that you can work with, shadow with them. And then also one day a week or even more, learn the business side. Yep. Sit them down and just talk to them about how to run the business. Where are you investing? What are you thinking about the future? Where do you want your trade or your business? Do you want to stay with me for the next five years, yep. 10 years or whatever? Where yep. can, can we, you want to grow together? Do you want to help me build? Like these are all questions that you should be asking as a kid. Yep. Because you'll get a lot further. Yeah. Like recently I had that, that kid, Charlie, 17. Yeah, the landscape nine, Yeah, nine, nine employees. He's 17 years old. It's amazing. He's amazing. all focused on business, the systems. He gets the trade. He gets the work. But he's hiring people to do that. Yeah. Now he's focused on the business side. Yeah. And I'm like, he's going to succeed. And that's hard to do as a small yeah. business owner is if we're always focusing in the business and not on the business. And for him to be able to do that, that's that's fantastic. You do amazing work, like you guys do amazing work. But it's like you. you guys, and you have your team, and but it's not. It's just the two of you guys. That's it. And then no employees, right? We floated around with employees, and we just can't seem to get good ones and guys that will commit and stick around and do a good so job. You do subs and, then, that's yeah. certain things. Yeah, we we don't keep a big rolodex of subs. We keep the same guys over and over again. We got a few guys that have been with us since day one. Um, and then some guys, obviously, we rotate, but for the most part, we try to keep the same. So the quality's there. They know you build a standard with them. They know what you expect and, and that sort of thing, right? You build a rapport with them because I don't want to be learning. And, you know, we, we basically we're glorified babysitters. And that's no offense to anyone. That's what sitting. we're doing, right? We're, we're trade sitting 30 trades on a job. I don't want to be learning new people. And, you know, we all have our own characteristics and you got other things to work on 100%. and like you when you find a good trade then you want to hang out to them yeah. you want to feed them yeah. you may not always feed them as much as you can but you're also trying to survive too as a business owner exactly and, the and you biggest hope the loyalty returns back too, totally right? returns and you see it sometimes when you start scheduling and all of a sudden you want to try to get things going and you ask that trade to show up possibly on this day and they magically show up on that yeah. day some on guys that time. some guys are great so again no yeah. they would bend over they you know take a bullet for you and some guys just no, but hey guys, like, you think Tony that it has a lot to do with you're irreplaceable. I can find another GC somewhere else, and I can get another job elsewhere. Maybe make a, a I, I do. more. I think. I think um, it's one. I think it's also their upbringing because we've got some trades, that, and I think specifically about some of our trades, like our plumber, for instance. He's been with us since day one, and his dad was in the trade, and great guy, and he's got that same work ethic, and he will, you know fall on a sword for us. And when he's busy, he's busy. We understand. Um, but I think it's also, it's how busy they are. And we spoke about this briefly um, when we were with Will about we've found during COVID where we were super, super busy looking for trades that we don't normally deal with or looking for other trades. Like we need another guy to do this because this guy, I've just, I've given him four jobs. He can't take a fifth. Too busy, yeah. And it's like, and you hear it all the time. No, I've got, you know, all this work in Burlington. I don't need to go out of Burlington or I don't need to go out of Oakville. I won't go downtown. I won't do this. Well, guess who's calling now? Of course. Right? The pool always runs out. They're all calling. Right? Everybody was, I, I was just telling everybody during those pandemic years, everyone's busy. Everyone's busy. I was just telling people, make sure you're making money, not just busy. Make yeah. sure you're making money. And also yeah. expect a rainy day. Oh, yeah. And now 2023 is, is, is the rainy year. And I don't know what 2024 is all about now. 
I know that certain guys are busy, they're booked, but I know other guys are calling me up going, anything, Manny? Yeah. Can you like do a shout out? Can you help out? Yeah. I'm like, I'll do, I'll call yeah. around, I'll see. Yeah. But honestly, I think if you're not booked for 2024, it's, you're going to have a rough go. Because next year is going to be a hard, a harder year than 2023. Yeah. And it's not to guarantee like we're, we're good for 2024, but I don't know. Some of those clients might call us up in January 1st and say, hey, you know, this is what happened. I just can't. I'm not going to say, well, you signed a contract. I'm a human. I'm, that's not us. It's like, yeah. whatever. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure it out. You know, that's fine. I'm not going to hold the fire to you and make sure oh, you've got to do this reno regardless. I'm not, we're not like that. So it's not, contract's not guaranteed. Yeah, we all know that. Um, word of mouth, or how do you get in your clients? It's uh, mainly word of mouth. Are yeah. you spending a lot of time and effort on marketing? Do you need to? Not so much anymore. It doesn't come back to bite me. No, ass, no, but, but it's, you know it's, what I mean? it's yeah. different, though. I've, I've been learning that um, there's, there's envy here because as a GC, as you know, like we're the quarterback. Yep. If things really go south, we take all the fault. If things go really well, then the team gets rewarded which totally makes sense. But then you get certain trades that come in, they do their job, they do their scope and they move on. And I'm like, that's really envious. Like, that's great. You come in, you get your job. Earlier trades get paid in full. You hardly ever have a problem. You hardly ever hear. Occasionally it happens. I'm not dismissing it. Concrete foundation guys don't get paid. Framers don't get paid. Those are very far and few. Rare It's if you did a really bad job and yeah. the job's already on a, a bad start, yeah. right? Yeah. But it's not until mid after drywall after that that you start questioning payments being head out to specific trades yeah. but as a gc you're there for the whole ride and then when it gets to the end and things didn't go perfectly smooth you're held accountable yeah, for yeah. it and then you got to deal with it at that point which makes it a lot harder so then you start wondering okay how can i market myself differently to attract different kinds of clients how do i get my messaging out there and it's just i think it's it's you'd be doing yourself a good service if you started paying attention to what the younger trades are doing regarding social engagement like they're paying attention to social media. Like I was really interested in hearing about um, fathers and mothers groups on okay. Facebook. And you had a trade talking about how I wanted to get some leads. So then I would just drop my service that I'm offering to this group. You get hundred eyeballs, whatever, seeing it. Yeah, yeah. Percentage wise, yeah, yeah. you maybe get 10% of them yep. inquiring of it. Yep. And then all of a sudden you, you sell them at that price point, right? Yep. That's easier for a trade. For it a GC, 100%. GC building a home, doing a remodel. We're selling a hundred different things. Yes. Whereas a plumber, and we all, my it's brother and I always say that. Like my yeah. dad was a, in the, the, the end of his career, my dad was a yep. flooring contractor. Sorry. No, no. My, my dad was a flooring contractor at the end of his career. And I mean, my brother and I can do flooring, no problem. We always, sometimes we're like, why are we doing this shit? Why don't we just go back and lay hardwood? Do one, one trade. But I don't want to go back on the tools because... We're in our 50s. I'm looking at, you know, not downsizing, but I don't want to be on the tools much longer because our bodies that to be, you know, aren't going to take it, yeah. right? But yeah, sometimes we're like, why don't we just do a trade? Not that it's easier. The trade itself isn't easier, but all the stuff behind it, the marketing. You hook yourself up with a good contractor, a couple of good contractors. You're, you're nonstop, nonstop. Your revenue right? stream is a lot simpler. Yep. Maximize your construction success with Connect Team. In the world of construction, success hinges not just on materials, but on the mindset and time management. We know how many skills you have on the job site, but we both know we need to focus on the business. To truly build your business, you need to be at the forefront of strategy, not lost in poor time management of everyday tasks. Ever feel bogged down by the minutiae, leaving little room for the big picture? Connect Team is your solution, liberating your mindset and time for what truly matters. Why choose Connect Team? 
seamlessly track employee hours, freeing your mental bandwidth. Empower your team with clear task management, fostering a proactive mindset. Stay in the loop with real-time updates from the field through digital forms and checklists. Prepare for today's tasks and plan for tomorrow's scope. Say goodbye to the manual grind. Embrace a new mindset of efficiency and growth. Connect Team isn't just a platform, it's a catalyst for change, aligning your business with the expectations of this year and beyond. Connect Team has a 14-day free trial. Check out Connect Team at www.connectteam.com and on IG at Connect Team app. Yep. It is. Yep. We, we do, so we always, we, we're at the point now where we can pick and choose and it took a long time for us to get to that point where we can pick and choose um, and it's a nice place to be and we don't know how long that's going to last, but but we do, we have a website. We, the Instagram is, we try to spend a lot of time on our Instagram. We use it as our portfolio. Um, I do some, try to do as many you know, videos and stuff on site. And we notice, and the, the, the girl that watches our Instagram for us, she says every time we're on in a video, the, the engagement goes to the roof. So people it's are- your personality. Yeah, so people are-, are They connect. Are on there, right? Yeah. Um, and word of mouth. Thankfully, we've got clients that are repeat clients and it just goes on and on. We're lucky enough that we don't do a ton of projects a year or maybe a dozen projects. So it's easier for us to fill our pipeline. You know, if I was doing a hundred kitchens or- bathrooms a year i'd need that monster going constantly i don't i don't have to do that so we've got a couple big projects for next year and i'm i'm good and then i just fill it in with some smaller stuff and and i'm good but that could easily you know that could change you you get tied up in a big project and you're out of the game for a while and you're not building your don't call them because they're too busy we want them but we don't want we have to find another version of them and that was another thing it was like we always we always wanted to you know, do custom homes and be the, you do the big projects. And we always looked at these contractors and we were always intimidated and, you know, look at these guys, look what these guys are doing. And it's all the same. You know what, Tony, man? It's like, all the same. We're how old all the you? same. How old are you? 51. All right. So you and I are in the same. You're going to turn 52 this year? Or am I older than Next you? year. 72. I was I'm born 72. You, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just saying that uh, I, I think... Don't give a fuck anymore. No, 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 I don't. No, we like don't. You We're do good quality work. So do the work and and then, you know, ask. they ask your opinion. Like, what do you think? What, you, be honest about it. Yeah, yeah. It's like, listen, there's no time to hurt feelings or whatever here. I'm not trying to be a dick about it. It's just I, I've, I've, I've seen more traction from being honest, not brutal and just nasty, just being honest. Yeah. I've seen more traction yep. with conversations moving along faster and further yep. than me sugarcoating shit. Yep. Yeah, simple as that. Yeah, there's no there's no point sugarcoating because you just it just burns you. It gets just it'll just come back to you because if you can't back that up six months into the yeah. project, it falls on right? you. Now. It falls, it falls on, you. on the business. It falls yeah. on everything. We used to do the home show. We used to get a lot of work through the home show. Um, we did the home show for did you like it? Years. I hated it. We hated it, but what we got out of it was good. We you got, got the leads. We got the leads, and then we've got the recognition because we would have clients that would come for two three years and finally decide to go ahead with us. So it was perception. They would come out. These guys must be reliable because they're here every year. They're investing their time here. And they'd come back with the, you know, the, the brochure that we handed out two years ago. And it's changed. And they'd come and say, we saw you. Sometimes we remember who we, we spoke to them. So we get a lot of work like that. But we would also turn a lot of work away, honestly, because it's like you're wasting, you know. You know, I remember one specific, this lady came and she wanted her enclosure done and she was like a porch enclosure with glass and she was talking to a contractors and the contractors were selling her all this and money and i said look just you know there's i forget who they were i said they do sunrooms 
just go talk to them. It'll cost you like a quarter of the price. And, and she was like, oh my God, thank you very much. You're the only one that was honest with me. And it's like, what did, I don't want it. I'm not going to charge you a hundred thousand dollars because you're not going to be happy. Yeah. And I'm going to have to deal with that. You're going to compare it to the other price that so, you, you would have gotten it for. Sometimes. And I say, sometimes the, the best job I got was the one that I didn't get. Some of the frustrating things that I always saw were clients not wanting to do it the way it should be done. Yes. And I'm not talking aesthetically. I'm not talking about what you want as a finished design element. I'm just saying built yep. the way it should be built. Yep. I just, I always got frustrated by that. How do you guys handle that, those conversations? Because there uh, are different ways of sort of building certain things, yeah, but yeah. doing certain things a certain way will not make this thing last as long as you wish it would last. So you kind of fight that that battle with yeah there's certain things that we won't do like if it's you know the way we prep our bathrooms waterproofing that sort of stuff we will just absolutely not do it and we'll just tell them we won't we can't warranty the work because i know it's in toronto that's still scratch coat yeah like skim scratch coat scratch coat with a dry pack on is a different thing yes italy is all about that yeah right there's there's certain areas in the world that you can do certain things it's not everything applies here when you got three quarter OSB subfloor on sixteen inch center joists, and you're applying a mesh, and then you're just scratching it where the mesh still seen through it, that's not a stable foundation. No, no. But that's still being done in today's And that's market. the way my dad used to do it 20, yeah, 30 years totally. ago. And, and that's we how it was. Him, and we would tell him, we say, Dad, because he would ask us, you know, how much are you guys charging to do tile? And we would tell him his head would blow up. Of He's course like, it would. Like, what? Of I used to charge like three dollars a square foot. It's like, yeah, but Dad, we don't we don't do that. Like that's. The stuff that we do is What's all What's the from cost Germany. of tile that you're laying down? Yeah, I mean, the tile itself has cost 20 bucks. It's not the 99 cent, you know, you have two choices. It's like the, you know, the uh, Henry Ford. You have as whatever colors you want as long as it's black. black. Back then it was <laughs> beige or gray. Yeah. And beach buff grout and silver gray grout. And that was it. But I'm even right? surprised by some of the tile suppliers and the prices of this tile. Like, I get shipping costs. I get transport because here in Canada, we almost don't want to buy it if it's Canadian tile. Yeah. Like I'm a I'm a huge fan of Aramosa stone. Okay. It's in our backyard. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Like it's absolutely stunning in my opinion. But the moment you tell them that it's Canadian. Canada. Canada's a stone. You got Canada, Italy like, or Spain or yes, know, Turkey. I or want whatever. it to be coming from Spain, Italy, all yeah. kind of Turkey for sure. Like yeah. it's just like yeah. I don't get it. We've yeah. got good quality. Yeah, yeah. here it's it's all it's all perception i mean it's just like a lot of brands a lot of you know paint brands without naming them specifically a lot of it is just the hype right I, i'm still dumbfounded like i remember when gallon of paint like good quality good quality gallon of paint was less than a sandwich you know yeah, what i mean yeah, like you can like 80, buy your 90 lunch bucks it's a hundred dollars hundred bucks for a gallon of trim paint and it's like then you go to you go to one and, you know, this specific color, then you go to the other brand and they're like, you know, that's just out of the can, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, it's the same shade, but this is out of the can and that they put a label on it. And like, uh, whatever. But that's what the client wants. They get fixated on yeah. it. That's it. How are you guys, you guys designing all your work? Uh, so we or are sort of like a hybrid design build. We don't house anybody, but yeah, we have a... a uh, some designers and we have an architect engineer that we work with consistently and we like to do the design like from beginning to end because you control the whole yep. thing um yeah i that's most of our projects are like that and then we'll obviously we'll invite if, if anybody else has are you working drawings. with one more than one or designers yeah okay uh, multiple designers and then uh engineer we have one guy that he's he's doing most of the, the engineering for most of well, the we've had plenty of engineers on the show it's kind of nice that i could 
I don't have these projects going on right now, but it's nice that I can call them up and, and just pick their brain. Care, care Engineering, Asmin? No, I don't know. Yeah, he does a lot of... Uh, I was just I just got a set of drawings today from an architect. I'm looking, oh, it's, it's Asmin. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, Care Engineering. He but I love that of, I'm calling them and I'm not being billed. Oh, no, this guy's... I would never replace this guy. This guy's amazing. Oh, yeah? yeah and he... Like, alternatives. Like, it's like, buddy, I... I I'm not putting this in. I'm not putting a W16 by whatever. I need 30,000 guys to do this. No problem. <laughs> right? And even if it's somebody else's drawings. Like, yeah, don't worry. I'll, What's the I'll rule of thumb again? I know it, but I don't know it. As w is the, the width, the height of it, the numbers based on. Yeah, W is the, is the size. Yeah. And then the second number is the weight. The weight that so you get. you got can... like a 30-foot long beam that's a 25. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first time manhandling that, and I was like, we did it. We did it. It took a few of us. We did it. I'm like, I'm never doing that again. It's scary. Ever. It's scary. I'm not, I don't care about you getting a piece of ABS and rolling it like the Egyptians. I don't care about any, I don't care about the genie lift. I don't care. We're never doing that again. All, all, it just has to do this. <laughs> and exactly. it's kill you. And exactly. so scary. And I'm like, the amount of stress that's going on, your sphincter's just ridiculously yeah. tight that you can make a diamond. Yeah. It's absolutely insane. Yeah, I'm, steel I'm, day I'm, is probably <laughs> one of the most stressful days on a job site. But it is such a nice feeling, Tony, when it's done. You're like, okay, yeah, yeah we totally pulled it off. But I'm never yeah. doing that again. Yeah. What's your favorite process, part of the, the build? Concept. Yeah. Just ideas, even though I know that more than half of them are going to get just ripped apart yeah. because of the cost associated with it. Yeah. But I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm of the mind of just throwing out ideas and trying new ideas and and yeah. doing this like i just uh have you been in square one lately uh no I, I know i don't go to the malls that much because it's a shit show there's two retail stores over glass block in there now yeah and i just cringe when i walk by it because i don't like glass block no. so it's just yeah. like there's other ways of doing certain things why don't yeah. we try other ways of doing like i always look at cool material yeah like we had fraser siding wood siding in here Amazing Canadian product. Amazing oh, well, wood. We use it all the time. Love Fraser. It's, it's beautiful. I got the samples. Now they're right making there. the extruded aluminum yeah. stuff. Yeah, they're up. working on that as well. Yeah. I'm looking at his products and I'm like thinking about what I want to do with it. That's not necessarily siding related. Yeah. Like I mean, this behind me yeah. is deck boards. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Like it's just like it's just like you try. I like trying. So concept. Just how do your clients? So how do you approach your client? Because you know, if his clients have a budget or whatever, sketches and shit. I know that if eventually, if I kept on sticking with it, it would have been SketchUp, no problem. I would have got more 3D modeling going on. Yeah, I'm seeing huge success for that with with certain GCs. Yep. They, the visualization and getting them to a point where they can almost see it, be in it, helps. Yeah, it it dramatically helps. Yeah, yeah. A lot of uh, it's the visual. A lot of people need the visual. I, I would say a second one that I love about the whole process is the team. When everybody's working really well, there's no arguing going on. Yeah. There's no frustration, no anger. Everyone's asking each other for a coffee. Everyone's going, what did you bring for lunch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like everyone's yeah, actually yeah, yeah, acting yeah. like family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I kind of like that environment. I kind of like that we showed up early. We got the day started. We're working well together. Yeah. We're achieving this. Yeah. We're excited about that. Yeah. And then we had a great day. We go home. I like that yeah. vibe. And that's why we like sticking to a small team of yeah. trades because everybody, you know, the plumber knows the framer and so on. The framer's not going to screw around. The plumber's not going to screw around because they're going to meet each other on the next job yep. and, and so on. So you build this, this team and then they work off of each other. So it's, that's, that's cool. I like the framing part. You like the framing? Framing. Well, that's when you start to see it take yeah. shape. Yeah. That was always the best part of the new house. You see it start to take shape and you're realizing, yeah. holy shit, this is a monster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Family of four. Yeah. This is a monster. Yeah, exactly. Everybody's got an ensuite. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't get it, man. Yeah. 
I don't I, like. I, we just had a building system envelope pass a building. Uh, Greg and your good friend of mine, just build a little smaller, build yeah. a, lo- a lot more efficient. How did our parents do it? Eleven hundred square foot, thousand square foot bungalow, three bedrooms, small bedrooms, three kids. In my mind, those rooms were huge still. Yeah, I well, because we didn't live in our rooms. No, that's the difference. Yeah, we didn't yeah, live yeah, in our yeah. now. Kids, we were live outside in hockey their cars rooms. and spokes. Exactly, playing hockey in the laneway, car causing like, good yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, streetlights. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Let's try this. Okay, yeah, can't do that. <laughs> don't do that anymore. Kids don't do that. They're sitting, they're living in their in their bedrooms the whole time. So they need a massive bedroom. They need a massive bedroom and they need an ensuite and they need mm-hmm. Wi-Fi. Yeah. I bet best argument I ever had with a client one time was about EMF in the whole house. <laughs> you know about EMF? Sorry. Electromagnetic field. Yeah. Ghostbustering the whole house, right? And I'm like, okay, all right. And then it was a conversation, a site meeting where we're talking about they wanted EMF, so the whole house has to somehow protect the electromagnetic field around the sleeping areas. Okay. But they still wanted Wi-Fi. All right. That doesn't make any sense. No. The moment we achieve emf protection you have no wi-fi yeah. everything would have to be hardwired into certain areas so then it became well this bedroom's tv is going to be here but they might want to choose to be here and i'm like this is a stupid conversation we're all having here you either go the emf route or you don't yeah simple as that because if your kids and you guys want all this technology inside your house you can't invite the electromagnetic field inside your house but the electromagnetic field is right outside the door yeah like outside. Yeah. That, that's a product of too much information out there, not being able to disseminate it. And that's the world we live in now. There's just, as a consumer, there's so much out there that even as professionals, oh, yeah. we can't disseminate uh, there's, the information. There's a few so-called pros that just speak to the DIYs out there, and they constantly are trying to make our skill set as simple as possible, which I don't like. No. Because... No. It's not truth. No. I really don't like it. It's it and but the homeowners believe it. They totally look at it and go, okay, that looks really simple. We could probably tackle it just like going great. Yeah. Well the best is when you go into a, a project and the you know, going through everything with a client and then those Oh no no, you don't have to price that. We're gonna do that. Oh, no, you know, I I'm, I'm gonna do that. My husband or my dad my cat's gonna do that or whatever the case may be. We've walked out of houses. I, I never did I, it. I never agreed to it. Because it's insulting. It's insulting. I don't do this part-time as a hobby, right? We've invested a lot of this into learn the process. Ordering products from Amazon or Wayfair? Yeah. Then yeah. you're taking the full responsibility of the warranty of that product, and I'm not installing it. I remember. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, we want you to install it. I, I, the easiest project I ever got. It was a big project, but it was the easiest one I ever got. Was uh, I remember it was just before Christmas. Guy calls me up. I go in, big house in Mississauga. Walk in, you know, your typical two-story, big round staircase, big living room, dining room combo. And, and his living room, dining room was full. Vanities, toilets, tile, material. <laughs> First thing that came out of my mind was, uh, did you fire a contractor? He says, no, no, no. I just, uh, I bought all this stuff ahead of time because I know how you guys are. So what do you mean you know how we are? What does that mean? Well, contractors, you guys always you know, make tons of money on the, on the product. So I, you know, you go ahead and you, you educate them as to why we mark things up and, and it was early on in the career, so you're, you're not as picky with projects. I'm a little more naive, so we took the project. And we're ready to bring the vanities upstairs. So this was a store-bought vanity. It probably weighed about 600 pounds. Still in the package? The, still wrapped? Had a countertop on it. Okay. Can't take the countertop off. I had the integrated countertop and sink, so it was heavy as shit. He wanted me to bring it upstairs. I'm like, 
You know how contractors are? I didn't charge you to bring that upstairs. So you can do it. It cost them 400 bucks. I said, I can get it upstairs for you. So I called two guys that I had. They said, can you bring it up? It took them five minutes, 400 bucks. I said, well, right. Same guy, toilets went on the fritz after we installed them. It was a toilet issue. Removed the toilet. He wanted me to put the new ones in. I said, well, I'm going to have to charge you. My plumber's going to charge me. And he lost his shit on me. I'm like, yeah, but I didn't supply. That's, I will lose money on plumbing fixtures to get the job because that's what we do. Because nine out of 10 times, the toilets are fine because I've sourced them. I'm going to get burnt that one time. And in this case, you're all three toilets because you bought them from the big box and they're all crappy toilets. So all three, all three failed? Went, all failed. They were all, the guts were all leaking. So they don't realize that. They think they find a steal. Yeah. It's really cheap. Yeah. Then fine, you installed yeah, it. Find ahead. the YouTube video that shows you how to install that toilet. Yeah. Call the guy you've talked to on Amazon and see if he'll come pick them up for you, right? So that's, you know, a lot of our clients are good and those are sort of the clients that we're trying to stay away from, but you, it's inevitable. People want to save money. But they money. just assume that you will. That's what I, I don't like. And I've done that once before. I had to move washer and dryer upstairs down a very narrow staircase in yeah. Ronsonsville. <laughs> and I was reluctant about doing it. Uh, and then they were just giving me this conversation piece. And, and the husband was a complete tool. Like he was a pencil pusher yeah. idiot. And uh, and then ultimately I got a couple of my guys. And, we and it wasn't easy to get it up there, man. And I'm like, I'm never going to do that again because I could hurt myself. Damage I can damage the wall. I can damage, damage the, the home that I have to repair. And I'm like, no. It's, so you guys found these machines. You guys are going to hire somebody to bring it up and install yeah. it. Yeah. Because it always seems that whenever we were in a house and doing a job, something always goes and it's always, well, it was working fine before you guys were here. Yeah, I love that one too. Huh? So we learned our lesson on the water meters. A lot of people don't touch their water meter valve, right? Ever. It, they move in the house 20 years. They've never turned the water off in the house. We find that every time we touch the water meter, Drip. it drips. Right? So we always factor in the cost of replacing it. And we tell the client, it's, I guarantee it's going to drip. So we're going to replace it for you because we know it's going to drip. And we've saved ourselves hundreds of dollars in headaches because clients were always like, oh, I got a leak in the basement. It's not. It's just a little drip. I know. And then. Well, because the, the city hook. uses the cheapest and like rubber crust, bushing valve, yeah. I know. Right. And it just deteriorates over time, especially with the water that's coming through there. Yeah. It just eats away at that rubber. So then it just, it's just a matter of time before it fails, right? Yeah. No, I know. And yeah. that's, that's experience and that's professionalism that you're trying to explain to the client. So then when you give them a price for something like, no, 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 I can get somebody else to do that. I'm fine. Go, congee it all to death. Go, go. Done. Yeah. We always come in and we tell our clients we're, we're not going to be the cheapest and sometimes we're the most expensive because and any contractor really should be doing this, but whatever it's, you've done enough work on different houses. And I like can we do a lot of work in Roncesvalles and Mississauga and, you know, post-war, whatever, you know what the issues are going to be. These houses might have a little asbestos. So you factor all that in. Yeah. I don't want to have that conversation, that $20,000 conversation three months into the project when your house is ripped apart and your budget's like this now, when I can scare you at the beginning, knowing full well that a lot of this it's going to come off. I'm just padding it because these are the things that We've tend to seen come happen. up. And then you, you take them up. A lot of clients are, are receptive to that and they understand that. Some just don't, don't understand it. And they're like, well, no, we're just, you're too expensive. We're going to go with someone else. And then you hear through the grapevine because it's a lot of word of mouth that they're getting burnt on their pro. It's like, well. I'm not surprised because that's just how, fine, you go ahead and try to, there was the Irish electrician. He taught me, man. Pay peanuts, you'll attract monkeys. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Yeah. So it's true. Yeah. You should be paying. And 
I always told clients, you want to hire the right tradesperson to do the, the scope of work. You get three quotes from three reputable businesses, and I guarantee you those numbers are going to be very close to each other. If you got a number that's dramatically less or dramatically higher, there's a fish attached to that those two quotes. Yeah. The three that are very close to each other, they're legitimate business people, yep. and they're running a legitimate business. Yep. So those are the ones that you should be considering, regardless if you agree with that price or not. Yeah. But clients don't want to do that because they have a friend that told them that this is what it's worth. You can get somebody to come in and. Or, or my neighbor down the street did. I don't, and I always say, I don't care what your neighbor did because I don't know the backstory. Did they do permits? Did, did they use their uncle to do the electrical or whatever the case may be? I, I don't care. This is my price. I'm not going to, you know, I can, I can play with it a little bit here or there, but to, to come to do what your neighbor did, not knowing the, the full story is like, no, forget it. I'm not. It's a funny business, eh, Tony? It is. I was thinking about it today. I said that the problem with our business is there's really no restrictions to entry. There's no restrictions to entry. Well, the you know what, though? Program, that should be applied to clients. In what sense? They should be better educated. Oh, yeah. They should not be absorbing all kinds of noise yeah. and just automatically assuming what's gospel on YouTube or on social media from people that are not legitimate business owners, but they're influencers, mm. um, should not be taken as the truth and almighty. It's, you should be speaking to a reputable business that's running, operating, has their licenses, has everything, and uh, giving you a real fair quote and bro broken down whatever mm. they're going to break down and giving you fair trade market value and uh, hire them. That's what you should be paying attention to. So I think that that bar is still applied to the clients as well. Yeah, finding the right guy. People, it's it's amazing what people will do research on. They'll well, research a car at, to, to well, yeah, nauseam. Everything, everything. And then, you know, buy, even buying a house. How many reviews are attached to this lawnmower or yeah. whatever, right? Like all kinds of stuff. <laughs> when I worked at the city of Mississauga, I was, uh, was working the counter. The They don't have the information counter anymore at the city of Mississauga, but I was there at the counter. And it was when Meadowville Village was being built out. So with the airports and they okay. had the, the, yeah. the warning signs all posted up. Um and people used to come in and they would come in and they'd be like, yeah, we noticed these warning signs. So I would pull the subdivision file and explain to them, this is what it is. And it's going to be a little louder, but it's within reasonable, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I said, tell you what, before you buy the house, and that was always the, before you buy the house, take the family, grab some lawn chairs, go sit on the, lo on the, on the lot that you're going to buy or on the sidewalk or, or whatever. Great advice. Oh, we've already bought it. Well, then what do you want? <sighs> what do you want? What do you want me to do? can't it's too late it's gonna be noisy yeah i mean i live in streetsville and it's noisy i don't mind the planes but moving for closer to the airport it's loud i'll tell you a funny story back before construction i was in my film days and uh you remember um paramount yeah. hockey center it's a hershey yeah, yeah yeah they used to shoot this american basketball show uh something who play for something like that um and they had a guy sitting on top of the roof and he was just this was his job Whenever a plane was coming to tell the production not to start rolling <laughs> yeah. because yeah. they could hear the plane. Yeah. yeah. Attention contractors. Welcome to the future of construction resource management with our platform where you can easily buy, sell or rent tools, equipment and materials with fellow contractors. Say goodbye to wasted time and resources. Need that specialized equipment for a specific project or want to earn extra income from your underused resources. This platform has you covered. 
With its user-friendly interface and a vast network of trusted contractors, you'll find what you need or make your resources work for you seamlessly. Join the construction community that's changing the game. Visit them online at altlabersolutions.com and start optimizing your resources today. Alt Labor Solutions, where contractors connect and resources thrive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, it was just bought, it was just... You know, and then the same with the, you know, there was the, the Britannia landfill. Same thing. Same thing. People would buy it, and then they'd come to this city and say, oh, yeah, we noticed, like, signs and this big, yeah, that's the landfill. Oh, what do you mean? Yeah, it's the dump. It's where you go dump your garbage. Garbage. And lots of seagulls and smell and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they didn't tell you? Well, we didn't ask. They don't have any signs for that landfill anymore no. it's because it's done now. It's, it's a, a golf yeah, course, it's a golf right? Course. But they still have the air traffic signs around yeah. that yeah, area. Yeah, that's got to stay. Yeah, one of my jobs was to drive around Meadowville Village as a junior planner to make, you know, do an inventory and make sure the signs were still up. Because people were taking them down? No, just to make sure that they, they were. People were being aware of yeah. everything. Yeah. What is the decibel level that is allowed for a remember. home? I don't, I don't know, remember. I'm just curious about it, right? But then again, if you built the home nice and tight and triple pane windows, and you might get a. But then you got to go outside and enjoy it in your backyard. Yeah, well, that's it. Forget it. You so you like the hot dogs? <laughs> and uh <laughs> yeah, did you uh, did you get a lot of work outside during the covid years because a lot of people were realizing that they wanted some sort of backyard retreat kind of thing uh we didn't but some of our projects did so we were doing yeah, large were, renos they were attached and then they to were, it yeah we you know landscape guy would show up and they're dropping like three hundred thousand dollars on a backyard and yeah it's the amount of money the landscape guys were making was was crazy why do well, they've got a lot of overhead. They got no, I know. I'm just, I'm just saying. It's like, it, it's now. I sound like a client. I mean, obviously, they're not making three hundred thousand dollars. That's what the cost is, and whatever. But yeah, what's the driveway going for these days? I remember back in not too long ago, it was uh, like maybe twenty five, thirty grand just for the drive. Oh, for, for of a decent stone. Well, I've got to say, it's probably double that easily because I'm just looking at one of my clients did, and it it wasn't a lot. It was nice. It was a lot of hardscape, and it was like, you know, mid. Low three, three, or low six digits. It blows my mind that they would spend so much money on the hardscape and not really put more green into their home and make it more mature in the next five, ten years. Yeah. That's just me. Yeah. Because we've seen what all new subdivisions look like. You always have those really pathetic looking trees that the city put in parks. Little honey locusts. I know. I know. They're just like planted and they're never going to grow. They're never no, going to. There's no love on any of that boulevard action, no, right? Bulldoze, bulldoze <laughs> the forest, pack it with clay, and then put a tree. The salt are going around yeah. in the wintertime. And, and the roots, and the roots are just at the surface, right? <laughs> the lawn, they're competing with the grass, grass roots. It's difficult. It's just, yeah, so that's what I was saying. It's like, it's a funny business that we're in. And then there's a lot of people that get in, a lot of people get out. And it's kind of like a cycle at that point, right? Yeah. What's and, the, sorry? And we, see, and we see it, right? This is not so much with COVID. A lot of people were coming in when the... When the auto industry was going to the crappers a few years ago. But I think ago. it was easier this time around for clients to realize the the fly-by-night guys that were coming in. I think they saw it because they were over their heads. Yeah. On certain, because yeah. clients are getting more savvy. I think, I think what helped um, during COVID were a lot of the COVID protocols. Yeah. Because unless you, if you were... You know, involved in the industry with the ministry and with like some of the organizations, like we, I belong to Build and Renault Mark. You know, we were very like we were in constant contact with them. Can I work? Can I not work? What does that mean? Right? Um, you could see the guys that didn't give a shit. 
they would show, you know, no masks, no nothing, no signs on site. They, they don't have signs on site in ministry. They, they don't care about the ministry to begin with from day one. Yeah. But this sort of made it the fear of having, you know, someone to run show up. a legitimate business. The fear of having someone show up <laughs> at your job site and you don't have COVID protocol. I mean, we never had anybody show up, but there was always that fear that we, we had didn't that. know. We yeah. didn't know who, what was she happening. She was good. She was nice about it. Right. I have ministry labor guys show up all the time yeah. for other stupid things, but for, for the COVID stuff, we never had anybody. Right. So I think, I think that, sh that shows through guys who are just flying by the seat of their pants. Didn't have, they didn't know anybody about any of that stuff. What's the secret, Tony longevity in the construction industry. Do you have it? Do you know it? No. Want to share I'm still it? trying to figure it out. <laughs> Does your brother know it? No. <laughs> no. Would, would your dad survive in today's construction industry? Uh, being the same person? No. No way. Huh? No, he was not. He didn't bend. Like, he wouldn't have been able to modify That's what old he school. did. Yeah, he was completely old school. Yeah. Do good work, whatever, get paid, go home, raise a family. That was it. It wasn't uh, any of the other stuff. Like, he would, he would leave, you know, he'd be on the job at seven, he'd be home at two. Like, this working. 16, 20 hours a day for him. I was like, why do you guys do this? You know? Unless what was it? Because he was just working more efficiently during those days? Or he was just He like, was a single trade, and it was just him by himself. And work will be there. I'll come back tomorrow, just finish work, it. Work, 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 work. That's it. Yeah. Like, he'd do a couple jobs a week. Every week, he was busy all the time. And we would help him once in a while. Joe worked with him for a couple of years straight for a while. But that's it. He just he knew his niche, and that's all he wanted to do. What's the favorite part that Joe likes about construction i think uh, going home at the end of the day <laughs> <laughs> safe and sound going right. home no uh, he's got more of a design background with the architecture so he likes sort of like what you were saying the whole concept part of it and seeing it all come together everybody's home looks the same nowadays there's a lot of similarities and i see it yeah and nobody's taking risks because i think mm -hmm. a lot of people are selling homes and i'm kind of hoping that the pandemic years are teaching people to stay put a little bit longer especially with the bank rates yeah they might be staying longer yeah. That's why I like the, the, the push on you know, living, living in place and aging in place. It's, yeah. it's, it's forcing us to go back to when we were growing up where why can't I live in a, in a three-bedroom bungalow for the rest of my life and have kids and retire and then maybe my kids take it over or whatever the case may be. So hopefully that sort of sparks into people say, yeah, I don't need to be upgrading and then downsizing. Downsizing. You don't why don't need I just to do stay? It. Just get it ready. Yeah. Do you, have you looked into Linda Kafka? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Joe's certified. Okay, Joe's great. got his clip piece, so he's certified. Nice. So yeah, we try to incorporate a lot of. Th I mean, it's, there's so many basic things like do clients like do they <clears throat> connect with it? They don't. Still not a lot. I'm fascinated by Still the whole light temperature, sunlight, yeah. placement of rooms. I'm fascinated by all no, that like stuff. Even even simple things as you know circadian yeah. lighting, and I yeah. got that in my place, and we try to we get convinced you know clients to do the stair lighting and that sort of stuff, and but other than that, night lights are amazing. Other than that, they they can't see past it because it's right. It's like the whole green movement, right? I remember I was at TDL, which is the corporate head office for Tim Hortons. That was my last job before I moved over to this industry, and I was there when Al Gore came out with his undeniable truth and oh, all, the inconvenient, all, yeah, truth. And inconvenient truth and all that yeah. shit, and um, people, it it costs money, like the green movement. It was hard because you can't convince somebody to spend all this money. Like, yeah, light bulbs are easy. Cost money to be mentally healthier. Cost money, but people equate it. Why not? Is it? But that's that. People always look at the dollar value on it. I think that's human nature. People look at what it's going to cost me. I have a heated toilet seat. I'll never go back to a yeah, yeah. regular toilet seat. Yeah, I just we're seeing more and more of that. 
like I just there's certain it's not necessarily perks it's just like it's, yeah. it's mental kind of yeah. I think it is yeah. in my opinion lighting is big on me like I just the temperature and all that totally natural sunlight coming in yeah. totally big on me yeah. but yeah I mean yeah, now you're talking about skylights and motorized and air and yeah. like there's a bunch of stuff that's involved with that but greenwashing I'm not a big fan because I think a lot of people are abusing certain things that you can do to make your home greener it's it's a slippery slope. I mean, you know, green. You tear down a house to build another one. What have you done? I've always said. What have you done? You want to save the environment? Don't, don't build. renovate. <laughs> I told I told a client that. I told a client that. I, I was said, serious. Yeah, me too. I said the only the only because so I've got a client in Rossesville. Great clients. We've been working with them a while. We're Beautiful area of the city. Fantastic. We've done a lot of work there. Um, He's looking at doing, you know, heat pumps and that sort of thing in in his in his house. Okay, right. Um, I disagree with it. I'm sorry. Yeah, I I don't know enough about it, and I know there's issues with it. But he's set on doing that, which is great. But I I, I said to him um, because one of the things was he was he was looking at Europe and and can, you know why things are so expensive here and you know, building wall cavities a certain depth and running all your nice and clean your wires and having chases for all your... F- fantastic. Pay for it. You're going to have to pay for it. And trying to, trying to explain to a client who says, well, but in Europe... I said, yeah, but Europe's a different animal. Europe, they don't have the... They don't tear down houses to build new houses. They work off the existing stock. I have cousins who are living in my great-grandmother's house generation to generation. So when you spend... 20 grand on upgrading it 20 years ago and someone else comes in and tweaks it, it's fine. But in North America... Tear it down. I said, know how many clients I say to them, don't worry about the color of your cabinets and all that stuff for resale because if you're going to be in the house more than five years, five to 10 years, the next person who buys your house is going to tear that shit out. And they're mortified. It's like, well, but what makes you different than them? They want their space, just like you wanted your space. So don't worry about that. North America is a completely different market. So when you tell these clients who want to spend like a huge amount of their budget making their house green, and then you tell them you're going to be in the house for what, another 10 years? Why don't you make it better, more efficient and better? There's, you know, mechanical windows, insulation, that sort of thing. Instead of making it a passive home, you're, you're achieving the same because you're only in the house for 10 years and that next person who buys your house, they're going to rip all that shit out because the technology is going to be different. Technology comes from Europe. It's, 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 not old, it's not new technology in Europe. It's new to us. Yeah. So every year we're getting new stuff here and yeah, people yeah. are changing and you know, new regulation and whatever the case may be. Don't look at Europe. Unfortunately, yeah, they're, they're light, light years ahead of us on everything. <laughs> Even cellular, that, they go light years ahead it's of us. It's true. It's right? just so true. Make it better. Just make your house better. If you're if you were building a brand new home and you were going to be in there for the next forty years, absolutely blow your brains out. Have you guys done a laneway? Have you done a no. ADU or anything? No. no. You want to? It's challenging. <sighs> Expensive. I I um I don't really like work. I probably shouldn't say this, but I really don't like working in the heart of Toronto. It's tough. Well, no, there's a lot of ADUs going yeah. on outside. Like yeah. Hamilton's big, Burlington yeah. has seen some. Mississauga, some of it is being seen. Like Mississauga's given the rule where you yeah. go in the backyard and now start parking. Yeah. That's going to be interesting. Four when you units start. and all sorts of crazy yeah, things. Yeah, pissing and off the neighbors at that point, right? Yeah. So it's just... I think that's all, um, you know, being from that world too, I think it's a lot of knee-jerk reaction. How are we going to fix this housing problems? And then generation from now, probably not even a generation from now, they're going to be looking back and going, oh shit, what did we do? 
Well, I mean, we, you grew up in Toronto? Mississauga. I grew, well, I was in Mississauga and also Toronto, right? But I was in little Portuguese town, right? So a college in Dufferin, right? Okay. It's just like pretty much every neighborhood yep. in Toronto is all laneway home or laneway garages. Yeah, yeah. And yep. now they're all being converted now, right? So, I mean, nobody ever thought about that back then, about parking these homes there. But my concern is what if every single garage turns into this home? Yeah. Where are all these people, cars, yeah, the congestion noise, congestion? Yeah. Like people want to party, let's say 10 houses along that whole row are all partying now. They don't have the same rules as condos being developed and you've got certain balconies that are open and regarding noise no. variances no. and things like that. So you're going to get some friction going on. Yep. That's what's going to happen. Yep. So it's just, I go back to planning. It's, it's a lot of knee jerk. We need to solve a problem today and what we can do without really thinking what, you know, what, implications are going to be 10 years from now or 15 years from now when people are actually living in those spaces and experiencing those spaces am i crazy to say tony i want to dig a tunnel from the 427 to the dvp so you can bypass the core if you want to go east or west how much would that cost what do you think with our current government (laughs) no it'd have to be totally privatized right i'm just saying like what's in our way i guess water There'd be a lot of water there. I don't well, they know. They built the channel. Yeah, that was all underwater. Well, that's way underwater, right? right? But no, no, I know, but you can't compare that because that was successful. You got to compare <laughs> to like LRT here, right? This is North America. Let's, <laughs> let's get this straight. But I'm just saying, like, I was on the Gardner today, and I I saw that breaking down of the Gardner at the DVP point, and everybody who's listening is not from Toronto. It's just like there's a reason why Toronto spelled T R A F F I C, right? It's just bad here. Yeah. And I think my solution is you build a tunnel from the 427. All the way straight through. You do not get out until the yeah. DVP. Yeah. Everybody yeah. in the east is connected to everybody in the west. Yeah. And everybody who wants to get into the DVP and go north can do that and vice versa. Go north on the 427. That will just alleviate so much congestion on that gardener. Yeah, and they need more options. But I don't know how expensive that would be, how crazy it would be. But yeah, there's like it's not getting better. No, no. And the 401 is ridiculous it's to not, be on. And, and I always think about it too. And it's like, so we keep adding lanes to highways like i don't know what the 401 is now like 12 lanes six either way it's the widest across all of north america right it's it's insane and then we've got trucks on there we've got everything on there it's i look at it sometimes i'm like we've got this corridor we don't need more than three lanes either way you have a corridor in the middle you raise the rail you have trucks and buses get the trucks because I feel sorry for truck drivers. Like the they got to deal with all this crap. With, I know. I wouldn't want to drive a truck. No, I know. Right? Get the trucks and the buses isolated down the middle. You get Smart trains idea. raised. You got three lanes back and forth. The more highways you, you, the wider you make the highway, all you're doing it's is you're not, introducing more cars. Yeah, it's not Unless you toll it, and yeah. that even that we've seen the 407 some days is is busy too. People just need an option, and and they're willing to pay it, right, to go on the 407. Raise the rail. Put the buses and the and the rail and the trucks isolated from the cars and let the cars move back and forth. It, it's just you look at some of the options. Oh, you got the HOV lane, right? If you drive, it, it never it, makes any sense no, to me. No, it actually HOV lane creates congestion. Yeah, it, it's just a tax grab. It's the it's the the point of entry and exit from the HOV lane is what creates c- congestion because people don't know how to merge into moving traffic. Yeah. So it creates, so they tap yeah. the brakes again, yeah. and it just annoys. You don't need HOV it. lanes. You, you, you isolate the problems, and I don't mean problems because truck drivers are problems. No, but they're large vehicles. I like your idea about putting that, but you're going to deal isolate. with the the environmentalists saying, "Why do you want to put structures that much higher? The CO emissions from the vehicles are going to be closer to the ozone now because they're going to get really." 
you're gonna have this argument all right it's okay what if we made all the trucks and buses electric at that point yeah eight thousand pound batteries exactly and then now you got to build a structure that's going to take that weight which makes no sense again right but nobody Uh, you getting a lot of clients asking for evs uh charging uh no we we always we always include it just uh as a standard rough in just include it because we always, you know, it could be a resale issue. Who knows? 20 years down the road, you might buy want to buy an EV yeah, or something. Yeah, because there's no reason to put it in because yeah. the thing is it has to be vehicle dependent, right? Everybody's, which I don't understand why. Yeah, because I think Tesla is now on board with the Ford platform. Oh, are so they? You, okay, I didn't Yeah, know I that. think that's something that they're doing. So if you buy but a Dodge Ford is Tesla, le- is lo- I think launching. Dodge is still different. But our electrician has a Ford EV and he bought a an adapter that he can charge it at a Tesla. There's... They're starting to, but you're right. If if a homeowner says, I don't know if I'm going to get an EV, I, we'll just rough it in and cap it. The other big question is that uh, you have to get the 200 amp upgrade. And not all areas, depending no. on where you are, you have to first get that approved. Yeah. And I've been hearing it from a lot of electricians talking about how uh, you should get the approval first to find out. Because the last thing you want to do is buy a vehicle yeah, yeah. that you can't plug in yeah, now. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of that's a whole another. That's a whole other world, a man. Whole other, uh, what's what's whole the world. what's the least favorite part of the job that you? My least favorite part of the job. Well, uh, hang on, I mean, I, I want to try well, to think about. There's too. something that burns my ass, and I was thinking about it, and I think about what's it all that? the time. It's it's fair. It's just. I don't know how to say this, but um, without offending people. Yeah, no, I don't care about offending people. I just want to say it properly. Um, no, just there's there's so many contractors out there that, uh, like I have a contractor in my neighborhood is, you know, site supers walking around in flip-flops. There's no safety. No. 100%, buddy. Um, is he a painter, like on the side, or what's going on here, no, man? He's a, he's a full-fledged contractor. With flip-flops? Yeah, it's his main guys walking around on the job site with flip-flops, no safety, no I'd fencing. I'd have a major problem with that. No porta-potties. I got, I got stopped... I didn't get stopped. I got issued an order for not having a around this time um, heat a heated porta potty, but within earshot, there was about eight job sites, and they were all using my porta potty. And in, you know, in Streetsville, the main street, yeah, there was a yeah, commercial. Yeah. There was a commercial development right on the main street. They and didn't no have porta-potty? no security fencing, no porta potty, and I got, I got in, and I. I usually don't give the ministry guys a hard time because for the most part, they're reasonable. I find. Did you get time. Did you get a warning or did you get... I got a warning. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I let him have it. And he's like, I don't care. I'm not looking at those jobs. And literally like two two houses down from where I was. And I had to get... I'm a, not looking at those no, jobs. because I'm here for you. You mean the ones right there? Yeah. You're not, are you looking at them right now? Yeah. I would pull up the eye chest. Yeah. Just, are you looking at it now? Do you yeah. see... Can you read the bottom? Yeah, yeah. That's like, what burns my ass. It's not, it's not fair... Con- I'm, I'm all good for competition. There's lots of work for everybody. But I think there's preferred treatment going 30, on there when it goes certain job sites and 100%. who's in charge of it, and 100%. they're getting a pass at that point. I, I'm, That's not fair. I'm in pretty good with a couple of inspectors at the city of Mississauga because I know them from when I was there, and point blank. say We can't say anything. I always laugh when Monty was going around, when he was the Minister of Labor in Ontario here, and he was complaining about the, the bathrooms not being female accessible which means separate urinal, separate toilet, and running water, and a sink. That's a standard construction job site toilet. But as far as I know, most high-rise structures don't even have that toilet. They have buckets. <laughs> so you're on the news, and you're doing sound yeah. bites about how you need yeah. to have this separate urinal, separate toilet, yeah. running water, and yeah. heat in this time of year. Yeah. Um, but yet you're not going after the ones that are actually not complying. Yeah. What's going on here? I understand. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and just general safety. It drives me crazy. Uh, you know, guys working at, at height and not being harnessed right. off, running shoes, no hard hats. Burns my ass because, like, we've got a target on our back. And every time I, you know, I, I'm reluctant to sign that notice of project because I know two days, in, two days within the project, I'm going to get a, a knock on the door. I had a job and I had to take my name off of it because the client was just pushing and it was becoming unsafe. And I had to have a meeting with the client. I just said, listen, you're filling this out now. You're signing off on this. I'm not keeping my name on this notice because you're not listening to what potentially might happen yeah. safety-wise. Yeah, they don't get it. They, like you're taking it. the full response. And he had a problem with it. And I was like, listen, I'm not going to be here tomorrow. And the crew's not going to be here. We're not moving forward. You have to agree to this notice of intent. You're, it's your responsibility now as a homeowner. Some offenses you can go to jail for. I'm no not, shit. I'm not, I'm that's not why. I'm getting fined $100,000 and spending why. time in jail because you want me to move fast. He did sign and he became a friend and he's all good and everything worked out and nothing bad happened. But I just don't like if there might something. I don't want to be responsible. Nope. I don't want that on me, right? No. Nope. So, no. yeah, that's, that's gotta be my, my pet peeve. You try to do everything right. You invest your time and your money and do everything right. And then these guys are just flying by the seat of their pants, you know, no job, no job type supervision. Like there's nobody, the trades are running the job. That just kind of burns my ass. How's but, the inspectors out here in the West area? They're good. Um, they're not bad. I mean, I've never really had a problem. With our, no, see our approach to inspectors and that's why I'm, I'm in pretty good with some of them. And, and I, I remember talking to some, contractors um one of the associations i belong to and we're you know round table like this and we're and they're bitching and complaining about the inspectors i like i've got all their cell phone numbers like i can talk to them no problem text me i'm not an expert that's my approach i'm not an expert you come on the job site as an inspector you tell me what i fucked up on and i will fix it i didn't do it maliciously my guys aren't perfect we're not perfect um let me know what i did wrong and i guarantee two days from now when i call you back it's going to be fixed and that's that's the approach, and I think they I think they get it. They they appreciate that. If 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 you're like, oh fuck you, I'm the contractor. I can do whatever I yeah, exactly. That's all it is. It, that's not what I'm here for. I'm here to protect the client and to make sure that I give them something that's safe. And you and I may have missed something. Hundred percent. And by all means, you're the 100%. fresh eyeballs here to look at it. Yeah. But also, you may not know everything either. No, too. I don't profess to know the building code back no, and forth. No. Hundred percent. Or do I want and, to? No. Yeah, no, exactly. We have one building inspector in Mississauga. Great guy. He would come on. He was a framer by trade. He's not doing residential anymore. He would come by with a mar- uh, Sharpie and he'd draw everywhere. Uh, you need here, you need another point load. You know, That's it. So I know exactly. Take photos, send it, nice. to, send it to the, con- the uh, client. We did the inspection. It failed. I knew it was going to fail. These are the points. Two days later, it shows up. Nice. That's, it. That's open dialogue. That's it. Communication. There's no reason as a GC or even a trade and you're handling an inspection for your specific trade to get your back up against the wall exactly. and be a dick about exactly. it. Exactly. Nothing exactly. whatsoever. Yeah. And we typically do that with the framing anyway. We always tell the client, you're going to notice multiple inspections on this job, some that have failed, and we do that purposely. I'll bring my f- inspector in at framing because they won't do inspection until after all the roughings are done. But I bring them in right at the beginning because I want them to point shit out. So it's going to fail, but this is why it's failed. So then at the end, when we do the final for framing and all the rough-ins, it'll pass because we've addressed it. Because once they've put that three-inch stack in the ceiling, how am I going to get to that point load or that hanger or whatever? The it's case a good move. Be? It's totally a good move right? to do that. The inspector, I'm, you're golden with the inspector. They're aware not of hiding it. anything they, yeah, from exactly, them. I'm being yeah. honest. I know I screwed up. Let me know if that's right. Or, hey, we did it this way. What do you think? Right? I'm not trying to hide anything. Earlier this year, I was on a job site, and it was a very shady job site. 
I won't name names or whatever like that, but I was I was asked to come by just because a certain supplier was installing their product in there. And um, I noticed that the cutouts for the HVAC were cut out with chainsaws. And I thought that shit went away with the HVAC yeah, like back in the 80s, man. Yep. I don't understand why cutouts were being made with a chainsaw. No, I don't like to see that. I'm looking at the evidence going, you know, the two lines and then... About a quarter inch of yeah. a of a cut yeah. line, and I'm like, they're using chainsaws to cut up. And yeah, some guys still are. Wow. Yeah. It's 2023. Yeah. I was shocked to see that. I that was yeah. the, that was the one thing that I was looking at, going, "This is absolutely insane." Yeah. It's little details like that that you and I, or you know, our trade, our guys recognize that make the difference, right? Well, there's we have all, you could get a Ryobi tool if yeah. you wanted to and cut that properly. It's also <laughs> you know we, a lot of things that when we're thinking on site, my brother and I we're always like, what would the client think if the client's on the job site and he hears, you know, you're in there with this big chainsaw ripping the house. We apart. told him to keep the tree, didn't we? We told him. <laughs> right. It's all perception. It's like the clients gonna be like, what the hell are they doing? Like, Did you ever go to the Princess Margaret house? No. I was invited like two, three times. It was actually kind of funny. This is, fu- I don't know if I shared this on the show, but I think it was one of their first homes that they did. It was attached to Kohler. Okay. And they allowed us to use their spa-like bathtub and everything in there, right? And so I said, sure, I'll take advantage. It was clean, sanitized. Oh, so you took a shower? I took a bath. Okay. Bubbles oh, and everything. Okay. Okay. Like, I was like, we were in there for, I think we had a half hour each. Like it was a okay. cycle. Everybody coming in oh. and it was cleaned in between. So oh, it was okay. our, same water? <laughs> no, no. It was, not, it was not like a row of contractors there just standing and they're all grimy Dry and dirty. It's like, okay, the concrete guy's going to be last. Okay. No, no, no. It was just like everybody was cleaned up and yeah, then yeah, yeah. give you a half hour and then another yeah. person would come in, sanitize the whole thing. But it was just, it was funny to experience that. But as I'm in the house and I'm waiting my turn to get in there, I'm like just walking around and I'm thinking to myself, let me just take a peek. And then I opened up one of the floor registers and I looked and it was scratch coat. And this was like a $5.3 million home. And it was being, scratch coat was being used, like thin layer of scratch coat with this tile on top. And I just, I lost such interest in this home now. I was like, this home is not worth this value anymore. No, it's it's almost like that saying, right? You don't want to meet your heroes. It's the same thing. You don't want to. I just, I looked around and. I was like, let me see if I could just, and I just pop it up and I look and I'm like, wow. Yeah. How long did it take for you to stop doing that? Like going to friends' houses, family houses? Oh, real quick. Yeah. Real quick. The moment I started, like, like I wasn't just interested in, I'm not, I'm not going down this rabbit hole and explain to you what the right way to do something is because you're going to be glassy eye. You won't understand what I'm talking about and you won't appreciate the skill that's attached. They're all proud of what they did and yeah. Oh, that I, I like. You don't want to like when my yeah. brother bought his second house, and I was invited for the the final. It was disgusting. Oh, builder home. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was disgusting. I tell people all the time. I say, I don't love buy, don't joke. buy a tract house. No. Because of the quality of it, buy it. Because Just you buy like, it for the you property. Like the model. You have it, but know that you're going to renovate yeah. that thing real quick. Yeah, you like the model. You like the layout. Otherwise, it's the amount it's, of deficiencies that he had was yeah. insane. Yeah. I wasn't even being picky about certain things like a little speck here on the drywall. No, no, I was talking about major things, man. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Issue. Major problems with the cabinetry in yeah. the kitchen. All yeah. kinds of stuff that was major problems. But yeah. I just like, you don't, I said to him, you don't want me in this. No, man. no, no, I can't be an inspector here. Are you kidding? They'll have to rebuild it again. The, the, the employee from the builder had to go get a, a third post-it note pad. <laughs> I was like, dude, like honestly, yeah. it, it was just, it was like, it almost looked like office space, the movie, like that post-it yeah, yeah, note yeah, yeah, yeah. wall. Yeah, yeah. It was insane. I was like, there's one, there's one, there's one. Like, yeah. It almost became a game. Yeah. 
The concrete aggregates and construction industry is always evolving. With an ever-changing industry, it's crucial to stay up to date on the latest technology and techniques. Come to the Canadian Concrete Expo to keep your skills sharp and upgrade your knowledge to meet the needs of today's market. The Canadian Concrete Expo offers over 40 conference sessions, certification courses, stage presentations, and live large equipment demos all in one convenient location. February 14th and 15th at the International Centre in Toronto. If you haven't looked it up yet, go to the CanadianConcreteExpo.com and sign up for the newsletter to get special show offers direct to your inbox. But no, I don't do that anymore. Yeah. I just refuse to do it. I've had clients, I've, I've spent the time just for entertainment purposes. I got invited to go look at potential homes that they're considering. Yes, yeah, I do that. And I'll go, listen, I'll go and I'll check it out. I'm curious, whatever, sure. Well, no, I really appreciate your time. I'll walk through and I'll just walk through and then I won't say a peep. And then at the end of it, I'm like, you guys done looking at it? Great. Okay. And then we get outside. What do you think? Nope. Stay away. Walk yep. away. And yep. I would give them the kind of assessment yep. of what I saw. Yep. There was one where someone cut out, it was an older home and it was a weird concrete structure in the center and this top row of blocks were removed from the joist. And then when I was on the main floor, I couldn't understand why there was these little hills and valleys going on the flooring. And then I was like, I need to go to the basement. Then I, I'm literally looking at the stairs, looking upstairs, looking downstairs. I'm looking. What were I'm, they like, sitting I'm just on? eyeing it around where how far this square thing. None of it was sitting. And that's why it was all wavy. Oh, wow. So the span was too long. And, and I was like, this is an issue, guys. Like, you have to address this if yeah. you want to buy this. They ended up buying it. Yeah. There was a bouncy balcony that was protruding out about four feet. And I went inside the house and there was no cantilever. Like it was no joist going inside the house. It was just two Top by cones? sixes. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I stood on the balcony yeah. and it was like yeah. moving. And I was like, guys, that needs to be rebuilt. Yeah. Emotion. Emotional purchase. One point, one point, no, 1.8, I think it was. Wow. Mississauga, Port Credit area. No, just north of Jack Darling. Like that little village. Yeah. Was right. Beautiful yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful lot. But the home... New, a new home? He renovated Ish. parts of it. He was selling it to get out of Dodge. He was moving back to Eastern European, Europe. And uh, he spent a pretty penny on the windows, triple pane. The windows were insane. But he, he modified a bunch of shit. And I was like, I don't yeah. like some of this shit, right? Yeah. But, but yeah. homeowners, don't, they don't know that. They want your no. opinion and you tell them. Yeah, it's always touch and go when you do that with clients when you go through with a real estate i haven't done that in a while yeah. right yeah. and I, I guess a lot of realtors will do that with them but they really don't know what's going on realtors yeah no. they're not walking around and seeing what the potential reason why is there a crack here what's like you can no. a tradesperson could actually see what's especially a framer and a concrete it. they get it yep. and that you know where like you automatically went to the basement and you knew something was up you know you see so, yeah you kind of line it no. construction for all pretense of purposes is pretty simple like the transfer of load pretty yep. is simple yeah, so once, once there's a missing component you realize that's going to be a cause and effect as a, as a yep. result of that yeah. yeah it's always a touchy situation especially when you have you know the wife's involved and she really likes the house and then the neighborhood be, the schooling the bearer of bad news and i always do tell clients though um don't get don't fall in love with the basement unless always change it. unless the and unless the client the guy who's selling the house can show you a receipt that he had a professional do the basement because especially as a, you know, we walk in, you can tell it's not done professionally. It's like, yeah, don't don't pay for this as a premium because you're going to be tearing all this shit out and there's going to be problems. Like, don't fall in love with the basement. Do clients think that construction is too expensive these days? Yes. Do they think that we make too much money? 
Uh, do I they have a perception that we make a lot of money? How do you answer that, eh, without getting in trouble? Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't know. To be honest, no one's actually told me that. But you know, the comments are, "Why is everything so expensive?" But the right. thing is, you have to kind of, and I've said this a number of times too when I'm submitting a quote, I'm never going to be the cheapest. Yeah. I'm always going to be skewed higher to the most expensive. Yeah. And, but I'm going to be in line with other people that are most expensive as well. So I, I think that they look at that going, well, there's an opportunity we can make it cheaper. We could probably find someone cheaper. Well, sure. There's always going to be someone cheaper. That's, that's you construction. You get all the time. You do a quote and then, you know, they'll, they'll take it. You spend six months with them or three months with them and they'll say, oh, and you think you're going to sign the contract. So, well, we think we're going to shop this around with another two contractors. Well, of course you're going to get a cheaper price. All they have to do is take a hundred bucks off each line item and it's cheaper. And if that's all you're looking for, then go right ahead. You know, go, I, I lost a crazy. lot of faith in clients when uh, there was one client, actually in Lauren Park. She just took my quote and gave it to somebody else and then he got the job for 10% yeah. less. And I was like, of course he's going to, get it for yeah he looked at my numbers and he didn't have to do any work and he just realized okay everything's all lined up it's great i'll do it for 10 so you're making 10 percent profit not the 20 percent that i was planning on yeah. making yeah. with without any problems happening i guess yeah yeah or early on we used to do line item pricing we don't do that anymore like my, my i don't think it's a good way to do that no anymore. my line items are detailed description on what we're going to give you but yes. you have one number at the end one and number. then allowances and uh early on especially bigger projects and we were green, right? We wanted the job and we had this big job and we spent literally almost a year with these people and, and shopping them around and taking them to stores and supplies and all this stuff. And when it came down literally to, we had the final estimate and the contract all ready to go. They're like, oh, um, yeah, we, uh, last week we got a price and he's, he's cheaper. And literally it was like there was 30 line items. He was about $20,000 cheaper than us. And it was because they just, yeah, 500 bucks off of here, $1,000. Don't you wish there. that you could be a fly on the wall and just find out how that job went? If Because I, I just think that in karma construction, he ends up being more expensive than you would have been. Always. There's no way. If we're buying the same material, we're using professional trays, there's no fucking way that these guys are doing it. They just cheap. get in, got the sale, and then something magically happens and there's going to be an extra. Yeah. Or they're losing their shirt. Extra. Yeah, they're losing their shirt or they lose their shirt and they bail yeah and now they got to find somebody else yeah. and they're out of business because they can't sustain that or they're having that uncomfortable well for me it's an uncomfortable conversation for a lot of these guys it's not halfway through the project say i need another 60 grand or i'm not going to finish it's a funny business man yeah i always tell clients you know our business you don't know you've been screwed until you've been screwed because you you, you leave me at your house with studs you show up the next three hours from now you've got drywall you know if it's been insulated, you know if it's been inspected, it's you know if it's... It's true. Right? You don't. You but don't. you care about construction, you care about the client, you care about the home because you yeah. have family and you have your own home yeah. as well too, so you care about it. Integrity. So, integrity. So you yeah. know that you wouldn't do that to somebody else because 100%. I wouldn't want it done to me. 100%. So I wouldn't do it. There's been a number of things that you keep on doing, even off mic before I was telling you, like we were talking, it was just that one client, old lady, and, and I still, even though it wasn't... I still continue to everything exactly I said I was going to do it. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't give a shit at this point. I'm going to yeah. get it done and then I'm, I'm God. I'm out of here. See you later. Well, word of mouth is great. It builds you slowly, but it kills you quick. So, right? It's true. Any particular jobs jump to mind? Like any details that you built for clients that you were like, that was a good move. That was a good detail. I like it. I mean, your work is great, right? So you've got a lot of like, 
Are you you guys aren't doing the details? You're hiring. You have somebody that does all the trim and everything. Uh, for the most part, but yeah, we sometimes you do. I mean, if it's a lot like during COVID, we were we you were on. We had tools. to yeah, yeah, yeah had tile. To. Like my brother can tile and trim and all that stuff. Paint. Um, yeah, we did. Uh, we did our first monorail metal monorail staircase in in Roncesville. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, client, great clients. Uh, they. And a shitload that, on the staircase. But it was beautiful. What stair company did you, do you want to share or no? Yeah. Uh, was it Stairhouse? No. No. Dulux? No. Oh. I don't remember. I don't remember. They're pretty slick. Yeah, it was sexy stuff. But you, you're involved in engineer. Are you not? Or they're taking a responsibility? No, no. Uh, for that, they yeah. do. The stair company did. The stair, the stair company. Okay, totally. Stamp drawings and all that stuff. Nice. Yeah, just like when we use Technopost and all that stuff, it's... I want their stamp drawing and pay for that. Same way, yeah. Yeah. That's I love that for endorsing any products, man. Those guys are fantastic. Who do you deal with? Uh, in Mississauga? Who is nope. in Mississauga? I'm bad with names. It's though. not Roger, is it? No. Nope. Uh, French Canadian. Oh, what's his name? So, um, I know who you're talking about. Oh, shit, I'm trying to remember. It starts with an S, doesn't it? I think Sylvain. Sylvain. That's Sylvain. it, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. I always send him the email, and then he'll be like, no, no, it's not my territory. And then he'll, I'll just... <laughs> you know, what, what is this? Warriors from the 70s? He does like we're trying administration to administration <laughs> for me, you know? Sylvain, I got another one. He goes, no, I'll send it to this office, that office. Well, but, it's yeah. a nice thing that they kind of share the wealth and go, listen, Absolutely. it's, it's yeah. your neck of the woods. Yeah. You handle it. Take care of it. I think that is like, in terms of products in the last 20 years the cat's brilliant. ass just brilliant you know it's makes my life so easy five minutes on the job Once it takes done it takes longer building. to take the vehicle or the machine off the truck and there's no dirt there's a little bit of dirt and it's amazing stamped engineered yeah. done deal and you're, and you're doing your your framing right away i know i love it it's great yeah. <laughs> <laughs> roger knows how much i like his product i endorse it all the time man tony we got the 10 questions left to do <coughs> Tony Gatti, uh, Gatti Brothers, www.gattibrothers.com, Tony at gattibrothers.com, and Gatti underscore brothers on IG. We got a lot of people walking around here. Ready for this? Sure. What everyday sound brings you joy? Everyday sound brings me joy. Uh, the coffee, the espresso machine in the morning. I got the old style one. Oh, really? The old style Grind? No, no, the old style cafeteria, the stainless steel one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't use any of the electric yeah, stuff. That's, that's nice. Yeah, that that actually gives the job site a nice little. Yeah, I know, I know, it's nice. Why are they so expensive nowadays? They just hopping on them like everybody. Does everybody wants one. What's your favorite beverage? <laughs> beverage? Yeah. Uh, it's Summersby cider. What's your least favorite tool? The prime minister. <laughs> he's a fucking tool <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys i'm curious hang on a second let me guess i don't i don't know for a fact i'm gonna say are should you guys I, both the same should i cover my neck <laughs> no no are, are you guys both the same you, you and your brother politically no no not politically with the tools oh color uh yeah i'm gonna say dual bit of everything oh you got a bit of everything yeah we got a bit of everything we don't we don't discriminate. Has he not been hiding lately? Back to the tool. Useless tool. Yeah. It seems like he's been hiding yeah. lately. Yeah. It just makes me nervous when yeah. he's it's hiding. too much shit going on in the world. He doesn't have the like balls. There's a lot of shit going on in the world, yeah. and you're hiding? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> what turns you on creatively? Music. From what era? Any particular? Or just yeah, any? 60s. I was born in the wrong era. Yeah, when they wrote. Yeah. Cars and music were the best in the 60s. I even like some of the homes, you know. The homes were laid out kind of yeah. nice too. 
What word or concept do you find overused these days? Word or concept overused? Uh, hmm. Sustainability. I don't think people actually know. No, everything is sustainable. What's your favorite curse word? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> What's your favorite vehicle in the entire world? 1969 Firebird. Now, hang on a sec. The question is not black, though. I was just going to say, see, not black. <laughs> I just said not black. That's what I mean, right? That's a beaut. Thank you. Uh, what do you miss from your childhood? Uh, lack of, res well, not lack of responsibility, but just, just being able to do whatever you want. Not a care in the world. Absolutely. If you could master a skill outside of your own expertise, what would it be? That's a good one. Uh, I guess there's so many options out there, right? Painting. Painting? You haven't mastered it yet? No, not, not like with a roller. Not in the house. <laughs> like, port, like painting, painting. Oh. Canvas. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that Johnny Depp's painting these days? No, is he? And he's selling them for millions of dollars. And he's still alive, though. That's funny. It's usually when you die, they go up. I just don't. I look at his artwork, and I'm like going, it's kind of a photograph that you just splash some color on. Oh. It's not really art, in my opinion, but it's in the eye of the holder, I guess. There's another artist that I came across that he uses a lot of putty knives, and he does a lot of those streaks, um, like lots of material. He splashes yep. the paint first just to get his base, and yep. then I see him pull out the the, the drywall knives, the plaster knives, yep. and he starts doing these cuts. And I'm like, okay, I totally respect yep. that. It's kind of cool. Uh, last question if heaven exists if heaven exists what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates uh, sorry I made you short uh, I don't know <laughs> what tall are you 5'7 maybe maybe 7 I thought okay funny story I thought it was 5'8 and then we did a job in Roncesvalles okay. so I was in the basement we're all in the basement with the designer my brother and the client and I'm standing underneath the beam and you were underneath the beam Joe takes the, the tape measure Five seven and a half. Five seven and a half. And I'm standing there I'm like, you bastard. Like, yeah. That's a kind of rude way to find out, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tony, thanks so much for being on the well, show, man. I really it appreciate fun. it. No, it's like it's always a pleasure to have good guys on the show, right? So keep thank on you. doing a good work. Say hello to you, bro. Uh, well, for if he sure. ever wants to come back or switch it up or whatever, by all means come back and Absolutely. we'll talk more. But um yeah, always welcome back, man. Awesome. Thank thanks you. Thanks very much. much, Tony. All right. Sure. We're out here, Angelina.